Welcome to The Lonely Marketer, sponsored by Pager. My name is Glenn Southam, and this is your show for all things recruitment marketing. We share the challenges, the successes, advice, and the screw-ups from the leading marketing talent working in recruitment. And most importantly, find out what their favorite swear word is. We speak to the companies working to make marketing recruitment more effective and efficient, and to those people who have opinions that make you think about things that little bit differently. You can find me on LinkedIn, and if you want to follow the bear, then head over to thelonelymarketers.com for links to all of our social channels and to sign up for our newsletter. But now, it's time for the show. Let's do this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Lonely Marketer. Today, I'm joined by Mr. James Whitelock from Thinking Circles. Um, he's the guy with the big beard. And as at this time of recording, he's got big hair as well. He usually wears a baseball cap and it has uh, gone. Um, James runs his own podcast as well. So make sure you um, make sure you check that out. Um, all about marketing and lots of other topics in, in and around it. So it's really worth uh, joining it. Uh, James, welcome to the show. Uh Pleasure to be here, Glenn. I've, you know, I I, I want to kind of say long time long time listener, kind of first time caller. Kind of. <laughs> it, it is. I think we've been, we've been threatening to do it for each other's podcasts for for a while, and you know, we we finally broken down that barrier. Uh, usually, uh, you know, every episode kind of try to do a spotted history of the the guest's career. Um, obviously, you've been thinking circles now for for a number of years, but you've got a you've been in the recruitment industry prior to that as well, weren't you? A couple sure. of couple of the big boys as well. Yeah. So um, I, I think like most people, I kind of fell into recruitment. It wasn't, it <laughs> yeah. wasn't my kind of goal to be within recruitment. And, and I've never been an actual recruiter. I've never been on the front line. I've always kind of been kind of in the background. So I started off with select appointments and um, I kind of, you know, like 20 years ago or something now. And I was a web developer. For, okay. There. Um, but I am, was by far and away the world's worst web developer. Now I struggled with HTML, right? <laughs> so I was terrible. But one of the things it did allow me to do was to slowly over time wangle my way into the marketing department because I had, we worked closely with them. And I kind of decided that that was something that I was kind of interested in. I liked all that. I mean, I've got a background in, in design and things like that anyway. So with fine art, that's my kind of degree. And so I kind of liked the design part. And then that led into more kind of the strategic part. So at one point when I was, I kind of, I kind of fell out with select because I didn't really like the fact that I was, I was there to be a developer, but I was actually doing more work for the marketing team. But uh, kind of after a couple of years of being there, a, a role cropped up at Vedior, which was the business that owned select appointments. Uh, and this, this role was for a kind of web manager. All right. Um, so Vedior was a multiple brand kind of recruitment agency global so based out in uh, uh the netherlands but with a kind of a uk head office in, in st albans close to where i was at the time so what my, that role was going to be kind of overseeing and kind of guiding and best practice for all the company websites which sounded much more kind of up my alley so i had a bit of background in websites even if i couldn't build them and i had a bit of background in how to promote them through the kind of marketing so i kind of took on that role and um, does the and, does the title web manager still exist now? Do you, do you think? <laughs> I'd hope not. I really I hope not. Think, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it does. Because I don't think you. Well, okay, modern websites don't need that, do they? Right? You don't need a web manager. You know, websites yeah. have been democratized, so anyone can kind of get hold of one, build yeah. it. The and Wixes, the Squarespaces, and all that of this world. Yeah, exactly right. Mm. Um, and because things like WordPress have just opened it up to everybody, so because it's just it's dead easy to build one. Um, and then it's did easy just if, if you're 
you know, websites tend to fall into marketing, right? And then you can just kind of then give everyone else access and do what they want to do. So, yeah, yeah, so it's all been kind of democratized. But yeah. Anyway, anyway, from web manager to. It's from web manager uh, (laughs) to um, what the auspiciously named senior consultant at Randstad. Which meant absolutely nothing because video so, sounds through. sounds like a recruiter that one. I mean, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> but video got bought by Randstad, so yeah. I kind of just moved over into Randstad, and I worked um, out of Randstad's head offices in Demon for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Again, what wasn't really for me. I was kind of lumped in with IT, but not really marketing. Again, tried to get into marketing, but they didn't really want me. So anyway, um, and then moved on to work for uh, the Empresario Group. Um, a few of the kind of ex-video people have gone over there too. So I knew some people moved over there and that kind of was where I kind of really kind of learned my trade and crafted everything kind of that became Thinking Circles. Again, working with multiple recruitment brands, um, quite, I was allowed to kind of work, work quite autonomously, you know, helping these brands kind of get themselves online, understand the kind of new, te- new digital technologies uh, and help them to, kind of best practice guidance whatever else they kind of needed strategic you know in in through to delivery i kind of got my hands dirty with all those kinds of businesses yeah and what was, and what was the catalyst for then you know for thinking circles to be created so i'd had the i'd had i'd had the domain name for years i knew i was going to go down this route okay so i i knew this but um the ceo uh, miles hunt of of Empresaro was leaving and I decided to leave at the same time. And he actually helped me negotiate the first kind of work outside when I started Thinking Circles with the Empresario group, basically. Sure. Yeah, so yeah. I kind of started up with, with, a, with a client straight away. Yeah, kind of happens, a, happens to a lot. I think, I think it's the best yeah. way to do it, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. right. Um, very lucky to kind of that. But yeah, so I, I and Miles then became a bit of a, a mentor over the last kind of you know 10 years or so since I left. So that was the catalyst. And I just took everything that I was kind of doing internally and just kind of tried to help the impresario group and then others. And then, and over these 10 years, um, you know, the, the business has grown, it's got smaller, it's got bigger, it's got smaller, it's changed focus. It's kind of to where we are today, where we are solely, solely focused on the recruitment industry and businesses who work within recruitment. Uh, we're solely kind of retained work. We don't kind of do projects. Uh, and we just, it just took a long time to kind of get our kind of, you know, a house in order you know yeah. 10 years sounds like a long time but you know maybe that's not i don't know but and enter the enter the stage where you know there's me there's and there's four others in the business and you know and um and it's all going pretty well and yeah so that's that's a potted history yeah and i, I think like you say over over 10 years you only have to you know I, I look at my career in marketing within recruitment is that marketing has changed and if you were trying to do probably what you were doing 10 years ago um you probably get laughed at quite quite a lot i could imagine oh yeah yeah, com- yeah. completely yeah but it, you still come up against that i'm mean, sure you do as well you know a lot of our clients is because they've they're still not necessarily entrenched not yes yeah. that's a great word entrenched yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um and for no fault of their own sometimes you know they've just kind of got stuck you know yeah. and and being successful, I think that's the thing is they've been successful. Recruitment businesses have been successful making money, growing, exiting, making a hell of a lot of money, starting again. And, you know, it's a bit of rinse and repeat. And they think that you can do that. But now, you know, there's a lot more channels. There's a lot more noise that's in their ear saying you should be doing this, should be doing that. And then suddenly it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, we should be doing that. But we don't know what. <laughs> well, it's one of, I think things kind of, there's never massive great big leaps right with any kind of progress there's these little kind of 
incremental steps that happen. And if you don't keep up with them, miss them, suddenly over a period of time, that incremental, tiny little incremental step has become a vast chasm, basically, yeah. but you just haven't noticed that it's happening. Yeah. So five years down the line, suddenly everything just kind of changed. But actually it was always kind of going in that direction. You just kind of, you just kind of missed it for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and and that's no one's fault, you know, I mean, businesses are there. That's that's what keeps us all in business. And they're the businesses we like to work with to help them to kind of, you know, explain, they don't know what they don't know. A lot of yeah. yeah. Uh, and the fundamentals ultimately of marketing haven't changed over 10 years. You know, we need to understand what our audiences want, what their pain points are, and be able to communicate that from a marketing point of view and then deliver the solution, uh, recruitment, whatever I mean, it is. Isn't I mean, there's, there's new ways of thinking, right? So, you know, if, you, you, I talk about inbound, inbound marketing a lot. You know, that is definitely something that has kind of come to the, come to the forefront. Yep. This whole ethos around adding value, kind of targeted value to, to, to your audiences, um, being not being particularly sales focused, looking for kind of uh, advocates and, and, and referrals and, you know, enjoying, you know, your customer success is your success. All those kinds of things now it, it is wrapped up in inbound is definitely a new way of thinking as opposed to that old style outbound where you just, you, you fling shit at a wall and see what sticks, right? Yeah. You know, we're much, we should, hopefully we're much more kind of strategic thinking, kind of thinking about this now. Um, Very loose we then, I think, well, there is, I mean, <laughs> if we look at the industry. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's nowhere near as bad as, as, as we joke, though, right? Anywhere no, no. near as bad as we joke. No. Um, and you can't, you can't, I don't, I don't think you can now because, yeah. because of marketing and channels as well, is you're going to get, called out for it and reputationally you're going to get hit a lot harder today than you would 10 years ago and, completely, years and, ago. and we and we and we see it right we kind of you know in the groups that all of us are kind of members of we kind of call the people out who are just doing these kind of crap spamming automated things that are on that are kind of linked in in mouths right we all kind of see that and right and that is just again flinging shit at a wall. Yeah, it's just changed. Just the just the kind of delivery system has changed as opposed to it being sent through your, your letterbox. Now it's kind of sent through an email in on LinkedIn. Yeah, and the free it. and the frequency's probably got up, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, That's because you can literally do it for nothing. You know, what I mean, it's just literally you can send out a, a you know a million of it at a time. Yeah. Um, but it's still that kind of crap, and it, and you know, some someone must be buying or purchasing that somewhere, right? The, the law of averages, I guess, works. But in of the course same it does. That's why we still get emails saying that a Nigerian prince has left us ten million pounds. Oh, no, but my, when I got was real. When I got that, <laughs> one, I was, that was okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned um, kind of automation and inbound, and obviously there's there's a little bit of a an in joke uh, in the lonely marketers group that that we're both uh, both a member of that that you love HubSpot and <laughs> you know you you're you're a big advocate of, of it. Um, you know, as as a product, but I think also of everything that enable what it enables you to do. And I think there's so many um, kind of different acronyms that go around and words that people might not understand. We we mentioned before recording we're going to talk about uh, kind of the flywheel. Yeah, Pro people probably heard of the the funnels. I think most people would understand that. But um, kind of let's let's dive into what the flywheel is and how it, you know, how the thinking and the methodology behind it you yeah. know, impacts yeah. the marketing so, side. So you've kind of, got, so we've been kind of using funnels for a while, right? But yeah. funnels have now become a bit out of date because the way we, the digital way we purchase and hire is changed. So surely the methodology around how we market need to kind of keep up to date with that. Um, and 
the flywheel kind of the flywheel methodology, though kind of adapted by HubSpot, actually wasn't theirs originally. It's been around for for a long time. This kind of methodology, yeah. but they kind of run with it and they built basically HubSpot the 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 the, the tool and the app around that basically. But it's based on kind of on on three premises: kind of attracting, engaging, and delight. Yeah. And the more effort that you and your customers, candidates put into it, the faster it spins and it becomes kind of self-propelling. Uh, one of the big things that it kind of works on is advocacy and promotion and the promoters and trying to get your your client base, your audience to become your promoters. And that's not kind of just uh, things as like getting them to leave your testimonial or leave your referrals. It's about basically just engaging them and getting them to just to like the stuff you're putting out online, getting to share that kind of stuff, getting them into the wheel. And then eventually they'll go around. So that's the attract phase. Then they go around to engage. They kind of arrive on your website. They engage with kind of stuff that's more and more on your website. And then they kind of start to kind of, then they go through the kind of, you know, what, you know, they kind of contact you. They become delighted by what, what you can offer. And then they start kind of becoming a promoter for you and sharing that kind of stuff mm. and saying to their networks, work with these guys now does that work perfectly in practice no it doesn't but it's definitely something that i think a lot of businesses are tinkering with but don't know that they're doing it you know a lot of businesses mm. say they they kind of receiving they receive inbound a lot of business i hear that all the time from companies are saying receiving inbound, but do they really understand what what, what that term actually means and what the kind of process is yeah it's it, it, in, uh, it's you know in spite of a strategy rather than due to any kind of strategy type exactly, thing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and so I think sometimes you can kind of work that backwards. And actually, probably in most cases, a lot of businesses have got part of this up and running already. They just haven't defined it at this stage mm. and they just haven't kind of realized or understood that actually what's going on is this. And by putting a bit more effort into certain points around the flywheel, then you can get it to kind of self-propel. Mm. And that's And also... It's much more, again, we're coming back to what we talked about earlier about instead of flinging the kind of shit at a wall, it's much more targeted, right? That's what you're doing because you're attracting instead of people making, instead of awareness. Awareness is where you just chuck stuff out into the, when it's attracting, you're drawing people into you. You yeah. put the good, you know, the, the relevant content out there, people will find it, okay? And they will be attracted to it. They will engage with it and they'll love it. And there you go. You've got your three points on the, on the, on the, on the flywheel straight, straight away. Yeah. Now, Again, it doesn't happen overnight, right? But it's definitely a process that you can see operating. The other thing about the flywheel is it's it's collaborative, okay? You don't need to have sales funnels and marketing funnels. It's all one methodology that everyone can kind of can, can subscribe to and use. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a customer's a customer, whether you're in marketing, whether you're a recruiter, whether you're, you know, delivery, whatever you are, the customer's always the kind of at the center and they're always the customer no matter where they are in the, yep. in the flywheel. And they're always, that, that doesn't really change. Um, and it encourages you to be working as a marketeer with your recruiters, you know, and vice versa. You know, it, hope this is the kind of way, if you want to try and kind of get a, a, above and beyond that coloring in department, <laughs> make this jazzy kind of bullshit that some marketeers kind of, we, we, we see kind of get lumped in. This is one of the good ways because you can, you can see it working. You can say, look, this is kind of, we can work on this. We can work on this phase of the flywheel. Here's how it should work. And this is what we're going to do together. Um, and part of the flywheel is all around, again, reducing friction, which means, you know, uh, smooth candidate journey, smooth client journeys, smooth handoffs from one part of the business to the other parts of the business and things like that, whether that's marketing to 
whether that's the the the, the resources, whether that's the recruiters, however you've got you've got your business enough, smoothing that out and getting that as kind of that reduces friction and again adds to yeah. efficacy and keeps the thing spinning. Yeah, I think when you go when you like if you compare it to the funnel, even like the visual imagery of a funnel, you know, being wide at the top and really small at the bottom, that perception is that you're getting less and less people as you're going down it and i suppose what the flywheel says is if you're doing the kind of the attract right there's no reason to reduce the numbers is there in that in that sense it's quality all the way around right yeah um that, that, and that's that's and it's a great point you know the other thing with with funnels is when someone plops out the bottom so what happens then right it rarely do businesses then put in a bit at the bottom which is about retention you know mm. Uh, and 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 that kind of customer services piece that follows up, you know, recruiters are greater than kind of doing a follow up call, but that's not really retention. Okay, that's not the same thing as kind of keeping that person spinning around the flywheel. That, with that, that, that's to check. That's to check that the candidate doesn't fall out and they don't they don't lose their commission or their commission gets clawed yeah. back, isn't it? it? Being completely honest in that yeah. sense. Yeah, and I think there's a lot recruiters can learn from kind of tech companies and, and those 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 companies who who have kind of customer success type yes. thing if you think of people in in our space um you know, obviously pager who, who sponsored mm-hmm. the podcast but the likes of the video and platforms Audro, interview and, and things like that in recruitment at least from the outside and from what I hear is that they're really good at that, like continuously, you know, once the sale's done, they'll continue to do webinars with there and they'll have refresher courses and and things like that. And I think recruitment businesses can take a lot from that world and learn a lot. Completely. So those guys you mentioned, they're probably doing this kind of, they've got this flywheel methodology, just probably just not referring to it as a flywheel, right? I mean, that's probably what it is. But and, and you, right within within recruitment agencies, it's never I've never really understood why they've never gone to that next level. Again, I know it's an extra cost, but that kind of customer success piece seems to just be left to the to the recruitment consultants, or or it falls on marketing, or it falls on marketing, who 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 obviously they simply can't serve it, especially you know most recruitment companies are hundred in some cases hundreds of placements and hundreds of thousands of interactions yeah. on that daily basis let alone monthly basis it's impossible especially yeah. considering the size of most recruit uh, recruitment marketing teams um to, to service that you, you yeah. can't you can't ask marketing to have those kind of quite conversational kind of you know relationships with your with your clients it's just it's just impossible for mm. what would normally probably be quite a small team to do that yeah. you know i think that's you know that customer success element is something that probably would kind of, well, I think would work quite well. You know what I mean? Just keeping, keeping your customers happy yeah. and working with marketing to do all the stuff that we said, that kind of Audro page, uh, interview, all yeah. those kinds of good, good, you kind of do all that lot follow-up stuff. Yeah. Now, you know, it's easier when you've kind of got a product, right. You know, and not so easy when it's kind of, uh, when it's a service, however, not impossible. No, I, I agree. Um, so obviously you're a huge um proponent of the, of the flywheel methodology what does it from from your experience what does it or what could it look like within a recruitment business of you know acme recruitment company the lonely marketer is sponsored by pager marketers use pager to get 90 percent of those pesky consultants to share relevant content to tap into their networks you can also schedule social content to your company pages 
Pager gives your consultants automated and fully branded job adverts driving traffic directly back to your website, which is then 60% more likely to convert. Not bad. Head over to pager.co, that's P-A-I-G-E-R.co, to find out more. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tricky one, right? Because um, what we tend to do, if we, we, we're talking about this, we don't necessarily talk about it as a flywheel too often. Yeah. Because you, you don't want to... Because, because You've you, lost someone straight away. Exactly, yeah. right? You just kind of, you just put it into place and say, right, here we're going we're gonna to talk about the kind of, you know, the really engaging, great, relevant content that for your, for, for your, let's take it, if we're going to, we're talking to clients in this, in this case, that's kind of client focused, that's, you know, market led, what's going on in the market that makes you, your business looks like you are market authority, all the kind of stuff that you probably be doing anyway. Um, next is you under, to understand what you want to do with that, what you want someone to do once you've kind of got them. So that's the attract piece kind of going on yeah. there. This kind of great kind of content, right? We want them to uh, like it, comment on it, share on it. We want them to kind of some call to action to go to kind of somewhere somewhere else. So you've got the trap piece and you're working on the engage piece then. This is kind of, and again, I, I, I any engagement is classed as engagement for me, right? Uh, it's just a like is an engage, it's a piece of engagement that'll, that'll come around again at some point. That person, if they've taken the time to like, they'll take the time to do other things with you at some point in the future. So that's the kind of first kind of piece, you know, that sits at the top of the top of the wheel. The engage piece is coming on where you get people to kind of really kind of enjoy and share the stuff that you're kind of putting out there. All right. So at this point, right, they're, you've gone way past brand awareness and they're way kind of what would technically be near the bottom of the kind of funnel, if you're yeah. kind of kind of funnel this. The delight piece is where you've actually kind of got more of a more of a relationship with them. They've kind of gone through the engagement piece and now you're having one-to-one -one conversations with them. You're giving them, you know, this kind of... Uh, almost kind of VIP kind of content, you know, the kind of stuff that you might sometimes gate, those kinds of things. Or you, um, you know, for instance, one of the things we do, we get people on the web, we get people on the podcast, yeah, right? Yeah. It's always a great way to kind of sort of to close that bit off, right? Because people like to have those kind of conversations and it shows you care about what they've got to say. Things like that can then hit the delight phase. And then you're kind of instantly kind of on their radar. And yeah. they'll spinning this again and again and again and what you kind of don't have to worry about too much at that point is they're in that they're in they're, they're zipping around at yeah. some point they'll drop in and become a customer yeah i mean it will happen as long as you don't piss them off whilst they're spinning type thing well, yeah. the, but you, yeah. but you've kind of got to work this all out first yeah. right you've got to always be giving them stuff that you know that they want you yeah. know and that can be as easy as asking, right? Don't do enough. I, I've I've often said this. We we yeah. we assume a lot and don't ask an, enough yeah. of our of our audiences. Yeah, exactly. Um, so quite simply, that's just how how it works. And you kind of if you get obsessed with like closing deals within this methodology, I you know getting to the bottom funnel and popping out the bottom, then it kind of doesn't work, right? Because people will plop in eventually because. Um, we know that they're just kind of we know that they're liking on stuff we know that there's kind of the synergy between this long because it's easy and easier these days to kind of measure all of this right you know we can know when someone's looking at the stuff online we know when they've engaged with something on the website we know when they've left their details right and we yeah. know all this is kind of and you can automate some stuff to say they have the heavy lifting oh we know you know you know you know, you've, you've you've shown some interest in this what about this now that can be a bit big brotherish but you know it can be done smarter than that. This and day. I think people accept that now. That now, yeah. don't they? Uh, you know, people who try to do the automation side of things and still 
present it as if it's completely and utterly personalized. No one else is getting this email. Don't worry about it. This is only for you. They fall down a bit because, you know, the the consumer of content or your service, your product, they're fully aware of how everything works in terms of retargeting and everything. So kind of they're not naive. Accept that. Yeah, accept that and kind of embrace it in, yeah, in run, some run ways. With it. So, I think I, I've even done it in emails before, like just overtly said, look, we saw you clicked on it. Yeah, we are that kind of business. We use that technology. Just put it out there. The level of engagement you get by taking that approach compared to, you know, pretending that didn't happen is is off the scale that I've seen in terms of testing. Oh, completely. And uh, we do exactly the same yeah. thing. So an example is is when um so we can track businesses within hubspot and when they sign up to hubspot right we can know when if, if someone if we've got a client can't be a prospect we want to work with put them into the system and we know when they've they they potentially sign up or they have a look at the hubspot website yeah it pops up i can message them straight away so look you know we all use these tools we all know when someone's looking at this stuff we know you've had a look at hubspot did you want to have a conversation because we could help da, 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 da. yeah and you know i don't know what the hit rate is but it's well over 50%, you know, yeah. people, you know, just kind of, oh, thanks for this. And, you know, honesty kind of goes a long way in those kind of, in those terms. Yeah. yeah. It's easy. So, you know, it's my kind of mantra is just don't be a dick about it, isn't it? Don't yeah. pick up the phone straight away. And, and after yeah, a don't send that, don't send that email, it's just like, oh, should we just jump on a Skype call or something? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, yeah. Don't do that. You know, um, that's the kind of crap automation. I think that kind of, but, but automation in the, in this sense can just kind of take off some of the heavy lifting you yeah. know the, the, there's there's some great tools out there now you know the hubspot have got some sense for instance you know we can automate yeah. some of these follow-up emails again used correctly really powerful and just keep people in the flywheel just keep spinning around keep those kind of touch points kind of yeah. going and you're and because of the way they're built you know you can constantly be understanding what they're looking at and giving them stuff that is probably relevant right yeah, probably yeah. relevant what are the what are the steps that you see or or kind of the behaviors culture that needs to be kind of in place within a recruitment business if this is gonna even work you know we were chatting before before we hit recorded is uh, is there there's a lot of appetite at the moment it feels in the recruitment market that we need to be doing marketing yeah um we need to do this we need automation etc etc uh the reality is if there's not some certain things in place that it's all well and good you can spend thousands of pounds a month on the latest tech the latest tools the likes of the likes of me and you and our businesses but you're not going to get the results unless that you know there's already something there some, aren't you yeah there's some basics you kind of still you can never do without in this, yeah. in this sense, right so you still need a marketing plan and a business plan right which a lot of businesses just don't have right <laughs> yeah. they don't go down that right you still need to kind of have an understanding of what you want to get at the end of this and how you're going to go about it all right um yeah. you still need marketeers the other yeah. thing you know i always kind of equate it that you wouldn't do your own taxes so you know you recruit Great recruit. I've tried. It's not worth it. (laughs) You know, great recruitment businesses work because they've got great recruiters and they know what they're doing. You know, you also need great, great marketeers and other people to kind of do that bit of the process as well. And this is not just me just trying to kind of build build my part. Um, It's just part and parcel of what you need to do. You know, I I think most of the listeners are going to be nodding in agreement, considering that most of the audience are are marketers. But But you need experts. You need experts who know what they're doing. Okay. you need buy-in from everyone, which is the really difficult bit, especially if you're a marketer, getting everyone to buy into what you what you want to kind of, and the thing is with something like the flywheel, 
it's mm. more of a business process reorganization kind of system as opposed to just a marketing system yeah right? rather than saying we need an employer branding video yeah exactly yeah, it's yeah. a real it's it, it really does need kind of buy-in so again in that sense that's probably why you need marketers to explain the reasons why you want to be going you want to look at this as a methodology and you think it's going to work um you still need the great great quality content targeted and relevant you know always going to need that that's never that's, i can't see that kind of changing yeah you need something to put in the engine don't you first yeah. exactly you still need to know what success looks like right mm -hmm. you need to have stuff to measure you know what you're going to measure you know um not focusing on you know vanity metrics but actual kind of real kind of proper marketing qualified leads etc you yeah. know these kind of things you need to kind of um and you need to kind of get that that start that conversation between the teams right start it start to integrate you know the recruiters and the marketeers uh uh the sales teams if you're kind of you know not the marketing not the marketing not recruitment business but you know get these people kind of talking together yeah. um because on the back of that you know basically it's going to make everyone's life a bit easier and everyone's you know you're not just kind of you know drawing pretty pictures or jazzing up you know your your powerpoints you're doing you're much more ingrained in that process the, the 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 big point about that though is at some point that can lead to things like account-based marketing which is basically you know which is again i'm a big proponent of yeah. um i think we both we both had um paul rawson on our respective I mean, shows talk, talking about genius, it right yeah he's, around he's, it. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, yeah um and then you know you need they need to look at the kind of tools that you want to use to kind of do this you know uh whether that's kind of stuff that we've already mentioned around automation around video around whatever else it is to, to meet your goals have a look at what's out there that can do some of that heavy lifting for you so you don't necessarily kind of have to do everything yourself because you're more than likely going to be a one one man or a small team kind of marketing yeah. marketer so yeah so those are the kind of things that still need to be kind of the basics you still need right before you know you really can kind of tackle something like even funnels to be honest at that point you know i mean you just yeah. need to have all this in place I think on, on the just going away from like the technical side of um, you know funnels, automations, flywheels, and everything is that you mentioned it there in terms of marketers kind of making a, a business case and trying to sell it in the business. As as you know, our, our experience uh, from the lonely marketers community and everything is that um, I feel like a lot of marketers don't feel like they can have those conversations and push it upwards from a marketing point of view. And there's some reticence, if you like, that they kind of wait until it comes from the top down, <laughs> which is which is crazy. And, and again, it was a topic we 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 chatted about before I hit record around this this imposter syndrome yeah. um, and, and things. So. Do, do you have any like advice, you know, for, for marketers who, who might have been <laughs> thinking about doing stuff like this, but they've never, you know, they've never had that conversation or never felt like they could have that conversation? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask me that. But yeah, so that's, um, it's a tricky one, right? Yeah. Trying to upsell this kind of stuff within the business. Um, again, how would you go about it if you were kind of using it? You need to try and get a few advocates on board first with yeah. other people within the business um you know case studies of saying where of where where it's worked maybe within other businesses other competitors always works in recruitment doesn't it that fomo exactly so those are the kind of things where you you might be able to start and again every business is going to be different and depending on your kind of seniority as a, as a marketeer where you kind of step, sit within the business can sometimes affect your ability to have those conversations with the, the management and the senior management um if you're a marketing manager 
CMO, you're going to have no problem probably kind of having that conversation. If you are a marketing exec and that's, and there's only a marketing exec within that business, sometimes that is a difficult conversation yeah. to have. You um, kind of have to create your own headspace, don't you? And, and time to, which, you know, I, I know you know, people go be listening to this and go, yeah, Glenn, now how am I going to get the headspace? You know, I'm on the hamster wheel all day, every day, but you kind of need that time to, to build up a genuine business case you have to think of it commercially and you know if you're listening to this conversation uh, and you're thinking you know that all sounds great if you want to build that business case word of advice don't use words like flywheels don't use marketing qualified leads don't you know yeah. don't talk like that or when you're going upwards you know talk about revenue talk about placements talk about repeat business those yeah. <laughs> talk their language classic marketing right? yeah, yeah. Talk, classic marketing talk the language of your audience yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so you can practice what you preach when you're when you're talking to your audiences, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like I said earlier, when we kind of talk to businesses, we don't mention flywheels. We just talk about how we, you know, in the back of our head, we know that's the kind of methodology we were going to roll out. Yeah. You don't kind of at, at some point, yeah, you can have that conversation and just say and just surprise them. No, this is what we've been doing all the time, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it, you know, bottom line, basically, what what's that going to affect the bottom line? How is this going to affect that? And um, uh, yeah, see what your competitors are doing. If anyone else is doing it, something similar, that's always kind of, yeah, you're it's right, that's good. FOMO. Um, also, the other thing is, um, the worst that can happen is, is you can be said, no, that's a load of rubbish. And you, just, <laughs> you know what I mean? The other thing. So, it, again, it depends on the culture of the business. If someone within my business came to me and said, look, can we try this? And Because there's something else. Uh, even if I didn't agree with it, I would probably kind of have respect for the fact that someone could come up to him and say, let's have a chat about that. And maybe shelve it for now but that's kind of the worst that should hopefully happen if you're a recruiter in a business where they don't really don't really understand why they've got a, a marketeer within that within that business in the first place maybe it's not necessarily the right business for you <laughs> no no yeah. i can't say it. i think that's i think that's completely flat fair um do you see the do you see the flywheel evolving into anything else uh is it is it just a flavor of the month type thing or you know the the, the principles of it seem sound to be honest yeah. yeah i mean i think i think as while we are kind of um while we're kind of using things like inbound and re inbound marketing inbound recruitment then the flywheel naturally fits into those kinds of methodologies yeah uh it's how's that i can't see that kind of taking over because i i think we're, we're now so ingrained in that adding value kind of piece yeah. and and kind of like adding value to our customers piece that I don't see that changing anytime soon. Um, there are variations on the flywheel, right? With kind of things popping in and out of it, basically at different points. Infinity but, loops and things yeah, like that, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, as I said, I think most people, might, a lot of people might be doing this, but don't know that they're doing it as well. That's the other thing. Or, so, or they're doing parts of it and it's kind of just a little bit jumbled, I yeah. think. And sometimes yeah. you just need to bring it together. So I... What I see quite a lot, if, if if you go through the three stages that you mentioned there, kind of attract, engage and delight, I see quite a lot of companies who just try to delight straight away. So they go with the kind of the big ticket items and the stuff that could, you know, that they'd expect to get noticed and people add value. But if you haven't done that kind of that work beforehand in terms of the attraction and the brand awareness and building up that trust and credibility, you're putting the yeah. horse before the cart, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. And again, if you look at any of the kind of stuff that, um, you know, HubSpot put out there, 
exactly that, right? The delight phase is kind of the bigger ticket items, the, the kind of the eBooks, the research, all that kind of that kind of stuff that it's kind of it's got a huge amount of cachet. Ran at the, the track, it's much more around kind of social media and blogging and that kind of thing, and kind of just yeah. building that kind of understanding of what you stand for as a business at that at that point, um, which sounds very much like awareness when it comes to the funnel, but um, you're kind of you're doing it from a, you're coming at it from a slightly different uh, perspective. I think um, awareness forms part of attract, doesn't it? If you like, exactly, you you bring does, elements it of it, yeah, does, exactly. Yeah, it does. Um, but again, the, but the the mindset is is you're attracting people to you. You're not people making people aware of you. Yeah, awareness exactly. is much more outbound, whereas attract is much more inbound. Yeah. And so there's a diff, there's a kind of a thought process, isn't a uh, that you want to kind of get your head around. And that's the, I think the yeah. difference is you're drawing people into you. Um, but yeah, you're right. People just kind of chuck out the kind of like eBooks and things like that. And it's kind of like, well, no, you need to do a lot upfront. And also you just want to, when we, um, work with businesses in this style, we try and kind of hold some of that stuff back, right? Cause that's the big ticket stuff. And you want to kind of save that, you know, you know, that can be, that's the kind of cachet, mm. you know, you save that maybe that first gets released to your existing customers. Right. Yeah. Then it goes to the outside world and those kinds of yeah. You get a week a week before exactly. this. So yeah, so, so sign up for this newsletter to get this a week before everyone else yeah. and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so a, bit, a lot of businesses might be doing this, but they just don't realise they're already kind of using this kind of method. And, uh, yeah, they're probably not. You know, the, that's the thing. It's the it's the opportunity if you are already doing it and now you can think about it and potentially put it into a little bit more of a a structure and a strategy of it is that you're not starting this from scratch so you'll probably be able to uh, you know to use a you know a very overused cliche there's some low-hanging fruit there to put in a, stru uh, a structure that you'll be able to get some wins pretty quickly the problem comes when you want to then try and get the rest of the business on board to do it that's you know, getting <laughs> yeah. marketeers to kind of to kind of to, to buy into this is fine when you want to try and get the recruiters and, and management to say to say oh, well, we're, this is what we're actually doing that can win it yeah. well, but you we, we've we covered that with say yeah yeah we're seven we're 79 episodes in and i think that probably get getting recruiters and people involved and on 100 percent on board with marketing is still kind of uh that ever elusive um goal that we'll probably never attain but we're okay with that we can only we can only do our best cool i think that's really good very good kind of topical overview in depth I, I i love it i think it'll get people thinking like every show though james i have to end with kind of my my five questions what's your favorite brand brand mm. uh can it be any brand any brand um i like converse nice i, think, I like converse yeah how many uh, how many pairs um i'm uh, not too many at the minute okay uh probably got no like, use for them at the moment really five five or six pairs although a couple of them have never actually been worn because they're kind of special edition oh, limited edition like limited nice. editions yeah exactly nice. yeah what also, is it about converse i can i can doesn't matter they're all i'm always a size eight whatever okay. whatever style i'm always so i can literally just kind of go yeah. anywhere give me a size eight in that in that style there and they always fit so that's good good excellent <clears throat> um your favorite sound what sound do you like uh <laughs> Uh, I'm quite fond of when my dog wakes up in the middle of the night howling because it's kind of he, I, I quite like he, he doesn't necessarily wake but he's kind of it's kind of cute and it's, it's kind a of cute quite, howl it's a cute howl where he's kind of whimpering or something he's having kind of he's chasing rabbits in his sleep in his sleep ah like uh, I know the, I know the exact sound you mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you're not allowed to say HubSpot for this answer but what is kind of the the bit of tech the program the app or whatever that you couldn't live without um 
well, I'll, I'll put it in a kind of a slightly more kind of bigger e kind of ecosystem is, is I couldn't live without my, uh, my MacBook Pro. Okay. Yeah. And the, just the way the MacBook Pro kind of works in the operating system, everything else, Apple, I'm not a massive fan of, but yeah. I can't live without, you know, that has this, 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 this bad boy has kind of lasted me kind of seven years now. And uh, just, the, I couldn't go back to a Windows at this stage now. Right. There you go. That'll put that'll put the divide in the show. You have your Android and your PC users <laughs> agreeing or disagreeing with you. And if you could do kind of any job in the world, you know, money money didn't really matter, and you could just do anything. What would it be? Uh, I would go back to being an artist. Okay, not not say. a web manager. <laughs> no, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll go back to my go back to my roots. And, so, you, uh, so you did art at university, did you? A degree I in did, arts. I did. I did fine art. Yeah. So okay. that's um, painting, printmaking, and sculpture. And um, do you I still you do my, it? Do you still dabble? I haven't I haven't done it for so. I look at art really well now. That's what I tend to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've become again. This sounds really really wanky, but I, I I collect a little bit of art now as well. Yeah. So I've got a kind of I've got uh, a nice big kind of wall in the in, in in front room where I can kind of display some of this kind of art. So yeah. Um, but I've delved just, into the NFT type stuff of the, the, no, the no, but it's interesting. Now. But it's interesting. I have been reading a lot about that, and I yeah. think that is the kind of the way the way it's going to go. I, I I've kind of. Um, I've been following that kind of stuff quite kind of with interest and it will be kind of see where that interesting to see where that kind of goes. Yeah. Um, I think we had today that the day this is recording, something popped up in the lonely Marks's WhatsApp group, wasn't it? It was uh, Jack Dorsey's first tweet. tweet. Yeah. It's been sold for like 2.1 million yeah. as an NFT. I, 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 my mind blown. I get it through like art and, and stuff and, and, and things, you know, because yeah. effectively paying for stuff like that is, has existed in a form of you know getty images and the like and uh, and yeah. things but the idea of a, of a tweet being told i, I mean i mean insane. why i mean saving it for posterity what are you doing i mean it's kind of like i don't really kind well, of well I, I, I can imagine you you'd have a, i think the the guy who bought it i think he was a malaysian guy he said it'll be as important as the mona lisa i think and as someone who um, I, mm. I, I don't uh, know I, I i let's let's see in a couple of hundred years if that you know if, if anyone really cares about jack dorsey's first tweet or if they're still looking at the mona lisa yeah yeah that's very true and and of course um your, your favorite swear word uh, can I say it? <laughs> can I well, it? when can you I say when you say that, everyone knows what it is already. A, um, you know, it, I, I'm I'm fond of I'm fond of a C bomb, basically. Yeah. Uh, I am fond of a C bomb. Um, in, the, in the right time, the right place. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's still it's still the only swear word that really gets still gets a reaction from any, anyone. Everything else, and, and yeah. um, still retains a little bit of shock value, doesn't yeah, it? Despite everything in the modern world, yeah. Even in the even in a written form, it can kind of really still really shock people. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Um, where can where can people find you? Uh, so you can. I'm all over social media. So you can find me at James Whitelock on on LinkedIn, or you can email me. If, can I give out my email address? Is that right? Yeah, yeah go it's for it. James Whitelock at thinkingcircles.com. You can kind of email me. Uh, thinkingcircles.com is the website. Um, and uh, podcast. Yeah. What's the podcast name? So it's the Marketing Rules Podcast. Available go. on all kind of uh, <laughs> platforms. All your usual platforms. Cool. Brilliant. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining, James. Really, really enjoyed the show. Um, you know, I think it'll get people thinking thinking a bit flywheely um <laughs> and like you say i think most people are probably doing this all, all, already yeah. so um if someone's gonna take something away from it today it's kind of let's bring it together bring in a bit of structure if you're a marketer because um, it will see results but thanks a lot for joining james 
Uh, thank you very much, Ben.